Welcome in to the Morning Quickie Tuesday, July 2nd. As we set your day with the biggest stories, of course, you guys already know we're at the slow part of the year uh, outside of the NBA free agency. Nothing huge. Yesterday, we're still on Kawhi Leonard watch. Um, a couple people found some homes. Isaiah Thomas to the Washington Wizards. Jimmy Butler, that trade's officially done. It became a four-teamer that saw him go to Philadelphia where he wanted. It saw Josh Richardson end up in Miami. The Clippers got involved, took on some contract, took on a took on an asset. Mo Harkless ends up there. He's a you know he's an expiring contract, a guy who could play on the wing, who has some playoff experience. So maybe someone you could put next to Kawhi Leonard. The Los Angeles team's still kind of dragging their feet. All in, waiting on Kawhi. A little bit of a shocking story, at least to me. Um, Golden State able to re-sign Kevon Looney to a three-year, $15 million deal. I thought he was going to get $10, $12 million a year. Instead, he ends up with $5 million a year, three years. The Warriors able to keep him as they're able to kind of salvage somewhat of a, uh, of a starting lineup. Not bad. Not bad for them. Maybe they will be a team that can uh, fight for that 7-8 seed and make the playoffs. After the finals, I was convinced they were going to miss the playoffs. Yet, here they are, maybe about to uh, salvage an opportunity. Uh, Yesterday's headlines weren't good for them in terms of some Kevin Durant stuff. Kevin Durant, the leaks, talking about how he never felt wanted and respected and loved in Golden State. Uh, kind of a bad look for KD. Goes back to the whole emotional thing. I look forward to all the stories coming out, though. There'll be a lot uh, that goes into details, talking about all the uh, kind of the rifts in that locker room. Some tragic news yesterday in baseball. Los Angeles Angels pitcher Tyler Skaggs died Monday at the age of 27. Uh, leading the Angels and Rangers to cancel their game. Tyler Skaggs was found in his hotel room dead. Police responded to a report of an unconscious man in a hotel room in South Lake, Texas, and pronounced him dead at the scene. No foul play is suspected, and an ongoing investigation is happening. A South Lake police spokesman said it is, quote, not suspected that Skaggs took his on life. He just pitched two days ago. He was, you know, someone on the active roster that says in the minor league, or this is a guy who was in the in the major leagues. We'll see what happens. I guess they'll wait and give us a report as uh, you know after the investigation. But man, uh, yeah, kind of a shocking story, uh, obviously. Sad for everybody involved, 27 years old, found dead in his hotel room. I don't know uh, what happened, if we're supposed to suspect any type of uh, overdose or anything like that. 
felt it's kind of dirty to even speculate. It's just 27-year-old ends up dead in his hotel room. Uh, that's where my mind initially went. Uh, there are Wimbledon. Wimbledon is going on right now. Venus Williams lost yesterday to a 15-year-old. Coco Goff beats her in the first round in straight sets. Might be time to hang them up, Venus. But cool for a 15-year-old to be able to beat her idol, even if she is 24 years younger. Man, Venus, what happened? 15-year-old passing of the torch of some sorts. I don't know. She's an American. It's cool. Another American prospect coming up, 15 years old. I mean, to be at Wimbledon and winning matches, that's a big sign. Uh, Naomi Osaka, the number one player in the world, lost yesterday. So a little bit of a shakeup, although, you know, Venus isn't a, isn't a factor in these tournaments, but still a name that went down and at least set up some type of cool headline to make you aware of another American tennis player. Today, 3 o'clock, U.S. versus England in the Women's World Cup. I'm actually looking forward to this game. We'll see what happens if America can advance to the finals. In Knoxville, I don't know if it constitutes as a big story or not, but one of the highest guys in Rick Barnes' tenure of recruiting, DJ Burns, uh, enters the transfer portal. He's leaving Tennessee. During the Kerry Blackshear stuff, there were rumors, there were talks that he was someone who was failing drug tests. Uh, actually, some rumors that uh, the failed drug test kind of being a secret and the way Rick Barnes handled them kind of scared off Kerry Blackshear's parents. I don't know if there's any truth to that. I'm just telling you there's rumors to it. Uh, but there was talks then that, hey, if Tennessee is able to land Blackshear, they're going to have to run off a scholarship guy. People assumed it would be Zach Kent or or someone around, you know, Pines. That's what people assumed. The talks that I was hearing from Tennessee people was that, no, actually, it's going to be DJ Burns. He's going to be gone. So Tennessee continues a really – Bad offseason optically as far as I'm concerned. I know some people are excited about Victor Bailey and Euros Plofskit, whatever the hell his name is. I'm not going to learn how to say it until he actually makes a shot at Tennessee. But uh, bad offseason for Rick Barnes continues. Excuse me, excuse me, Rich Barnes. You could not have really handled things worse since getting eliminated by Purdue. Contract extension, the contract you know, debacle with UCLA uh, really kind of delayed things instead of hitting the grad transfer market early, as friend of the ranch, Will Warren, has pointed out. That, was, that should have been priority one. Getting paid was priority one for Rich Barnes, which whatever, get your money, old man. No one can really fault you for that. Get paid. You know, this is America. We love money. Go out and get it. Uh, but you wanting to get paid helped you drag your feet on the grad transfer market. So Tennessee isn't ending up with any of the big-time grad transfers yet. I know now they're in the mix for somebody at, at Cleveland State. We'll see. But obviously, Kerry Blackshear was the big name. You missed out on him last week. And this week, a guy who everyone assumed was a uh, going to be your starter. 
DJ Burns was right there in the top, you know, right outside the top 100 when it came to recruiting rankings. Uh, one of the highest guys that had been recruited here outside of Josiah James in this upcoming class. Uh, but he's gone. Never making a factor at Tennessee. Uh, that's two big post players you lost this year. DJ Burns and Derek Walker Jr. Uh, with Derek Walker Jr., I don't know how much you actually thought you were going to get out of him. But he's gone. Um, I don't know if there were locker room issues. You know, so that stuff's being rumored. Jordan Bone left early. Now he ends up getting drafted, so it doesn't look as ridiculous. Burns, Walker, those guys are gone. Um, bad offseason, man. Uh, Tennessee is going to struggle to to make the NCAA tournament next year if they're able to. It's going to be a struggle. It's going to be life on the bubble. And at this point, I feel like life on the bubble is a success for this basketball team. Boeing stocks continue to drop as families of the 737 MAX crash. Uh, the families of the victims say Boeing hasn't contacted them, offered support, or apologized since the disasters. Uh, there was a huge jet crash, plane crash in March that crashed and killed all 157 people on board. Uh, since then, it's came out that basically the software in the plane was not right. The software in the plane was not up to code, was not good. Um, now it's being reported that that was, the software was being made by $9 temp workers or temp workers who were making $9 an hour. That was who was in control of this software that was going into these big ass jets and they messed up and the plane crashed 100 you know 150 people dead and now the families have you know filed a lawsuit all that stuff and they're talking now about how uh, you know the company has not contacted them to offer any support condolences or even apologize they apologize publicly uh, but the parents of a woman who was killed in the second crash say that, quote, a true apology is when you sit across the table and exchange sentiment at the very least. Now, you know, a lawyer that deals with aviation crashes said it's not unusual for a plane manufacturer to not apologize. I don't know if it's something about taking on responsibility, but they say that the company would likely not implicate themselves just for apologizing. Be like, hey, sorry. Sorry for your loss. Like, sorry for this tragedy. Sorry that that's happened. They haven't even gotten that. I don't know if it's uh, the right thing, the wrong thing. You would think a company would, you know, reach out personally to the victims and kind of try to, like I said, at least offer condolences without, you know, accepting responsibility even. Uh, I don't know if that's right or wrong. I get the confusion of it. Um, but that... That is a, uh, you know, not doing so has obviously led to this headline, which has led to more bad publicity, which has led to stocks going even further, stock dropping even further. Um, the wreck in March was the second of these. There was also a big 737 MAX uh, that uh, crashed and killed 189 people in Indonesia in October. Those families are saying the same. They haven't really heard from the company. So it's a, you know, two crashes in a, you know, six month period, a bunch of people dead. And the company is, uh, you know, I guess trying to figure out how to handle this. 
they made a statement to uh, Business Insider who uh, reported this story saying that it, quote, extends our heartfelt condolences and sympathies to the families and loved ones of those on board uh, the flights, and that was it. And then it's cooperating fully with the investigation. So they're saying, hey, we've tried to apologize. We're just not going to reach out to the families. I don't know. Like I said, not doing so has led to this becoming a story and me talking about it to you. I believe it was last week that we talked about Nike and the Chinese protests and all that, you know, kind of where they were um, buckling to some public pressure from China. Well, uh, today they find themselves in the news after pulling a flag-themed shoe design after former NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick said he and others find the specific flag offensive because of its association with the time of slavery in America. So, uh, we're back, baby! Yeah! We were done with the anthem, we were done with the flag and the NFL player talk. Look, I have uh, kind of been probably more on the side of supporting Colin Kaepernick than most. Well, let me take out that probably. I've been on the side of supporting Colin Kaepernick much more than most. Uh, Don't really uh, miss him being in the news as much, but here we are. Uh, Apparently the flag uh, was going to be on a pair of Air Max 1s that were going to go on sale this week in tandem with the 4th of July. Um, It's a flag that features the version of the United States flag with 13 white stars, which was obviously during the American Revolution, commonly referred to as the Betsy Ross flag. After images of the shoe started appearing online, Kaepernick reportedly reached out to the company and said that people like himself, uh, people himself included, considered the Betsy Ross flag a, quote, offensive symbol because of its connection to an era of slavery. The flag also sparked controversy back in 2016 after students waited at a high school football game. Some parents and students left the game, quote, unsettled as the flag was seen by a symbolic of a uh, white supremacy and white nationalism. Nike asked for retailers to return the shoes after shipping them out without explaining why, and the shoes aren't available on Nike's website, and Nike is uh, pulling the flag, pulling the shoes. I've never really thought of that, about the 13 stars uh, being linked to that time. I guess, I, you know, obviously I get it. Never really thought about it. I'm sure we're going to hear a lot about this from Clay Travis. Sure, we're really going to get that. I find it weird. I find it weird to buy things with the flag on them. I don't want to say that I abide by like the flag code or whatever, but they it was written that it's a, you know it's against the code to wear the American flag on apparel. So I think it's a little weird to do. I, I try not to, or I don't try not to do. I just don't do it. But of course, the internet is up in arms. Um, as people are mad that Nike is uh, turning their back on the flag, we're back to uh, calling for boycotts. We're back to talking about how uh, Nike is going too far with the politically correct nonsense and all that good stuff. So we're back just in time for the 4th of July. 
Nike's handling of Colin Kaepernick has also been strange to me. Like, you know, they they released the limited edition jersey with him without on a team. They announced the partnership. They do the commercial ad, but they haven't really, you know, promoted him at all. It's almost like they just tried to already ha- they already had him on payroll, and that they were going to try to do some type of capitalizing on it and not run from it. But they haven't really pushed him to the front. Uh, but now he's back in the news. All right, everyone, enjoy your Tuesday.